Hey, Clipper Nation, what's going on? It's me, William, the Opinion Update. What is up? And I am positive Chuck Mockler. And we are Locked On Clippers, part of the Locked On NBA <laughs> Network, in case you didn't know. Uh, we're coming at you two days a week two in the offseason, yeah. five days a week regularly <laughs> when there's uh, some more Clippers news. Yeah. And... As emergencies call for. Oh, of course. Uh, so today we've got a heck of a show lined up for you. We're going to kick things off with a grade, a recap, if yeah. you will, of Montrez Harrell's season. And then today is Tuesday, which means Twitter Tuesday. Uh, we go live every Tuesday. What's up to everyone on the stream right now? 1.30 p.m. Pacific. Yeah. Uh, check us out. That's at Locked On Clips. If you're ever unable to tune in but you want to ask us a question, hit up at Charles Mockler, at Will Updike, at Locked On Clips, anytime during the week. We're on there, bro. We'll we'll get at, we'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. So let's just jump into this. All right. So we're doing first of all, shout out to Tom Zurban at LA Live. They are big a, shout out. Big shout out. They're Stone's Throw. This from show the, brought to you by. They are th- Stone's Throw from the Staples Center. Go have some barbecue chicken pizza. Have a michelada. Everyone's having a good time. Go watch the NBA draft there. We're going to be there for the second round because we don't have a first round pick this year, but. Who cares? Thanks for tuning in, Noah Clipper, during an ad. So oh, hell yeah. If you uh, stuck around, thanks. <laughs> so today we're running down uh, Montrez Harrell's 2018-2019 season. Yes. Which I feel like is the epitome of a breakout season. 100%. <laughs> I, I got a question. Yeah. Uh, would you consider Montrez Harrell a vet of the Clippers? I mean, he's been on the team for two years. He's up there. I mean, I just of think the Clippers, he is of the of the Clippers with all the turnaround. The new Clippers, especially. He's, he's got to be a vet at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, I think of him like a vet. He Dude, conducts he himself be. like a vet. He conducts himself as a vet. He also was with us last year. He was after the Chris Paul trade, obviously. Yep. Um. So he's kind of seen us come through this evolution as a team. Yeah. So I sure. guess he is a vet. I mean, to yeah. me, he's a vet. No, I, I nothing like a, wrong with that. I always like bounce back and forth because he's still such a young guy. Yeah. Uh, but just for how long he's been. Someone on the live stream said, naming my first name Montrez. Couldn't agree more. There's going to be a bunch of Montrez babies, I think. It'll be worth it, too, when we give him that <laughs> lifetime contract. Yeah. So let's run his stats down for this year. Uh, Montrez Harrell averaged 17, 6.5, and, and 2 assists and 26 minutes per game mm-hmm. on 61% from the field. 17% from three, not bad, better than Zubats. Yeah. And 64% from the free throw line, plus he averaged one steal and a block and a half. And that's a meaty 64% from the line. Yeah. It, it seemed, I, I really <laughs> it think. It seemed a lot worse. <laughs> I, oh, really? I thought yeah. it seemed a lot better towards oh. the, in the latter oh, half yeah, of the season. Oh, yeah, he came on strong. Uh, in the latter, latter half of the season, someone's commenting he made more threes than Ben Simmons. Yes, more attempts for sure. Factual. Uh, but it's not a high bar to make more than <laughs> Ben Simmons. I think Trez has a much higher bar for himself yes. than that. Uh, his offensive rating was 122, and his defensive rating a fairly respectable 109. That's great. This year, he had career highs in i mean almost everything points rebounds assists blocks steals free throw attempts free throw percentage he had 17 double doubles Mm -hmm. which is a a ton would be six man in the year if it wasn't for literally the greatest bench season of all time from lou williams definitely uh and he had 25 and 10 in the comeback win against golden state in the playoffs i don't know anyone who i mean so earlier in the year his pin tweet and i think it was september was, hope you enjoyed your summer, but it's come to an end, and I don't feel bad for a lot. And I feel bad for a lot. Actually, no, I don't. That was the epitome of his year. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, from the beginning of the preseason, he was ready to crush. We just watched highlights of him playing in the Drew League a bunch. Yeah. And he just, I mean, it's. I think it's rare sometimes that you see such follow-through with full-on, like, 
I'm going to work my ass off this summer 100%. 100%. And continue to do it during the season. Uh, this is why I will always be on the firmly. It, it comes up all the time in the live streams. People want to know if we would take DeAndre Jordan back. And the answer for no. me is always no. <laughs> and a big part of the reason is honestly last season. Uh, I thought it was a detriment him being on the floor taking minutes from Trez. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he looked uh, good last he's year. A be- yeah, DeAndre was a better rebounder, but like Trez has always been a spark plug since he's been with this team. So, and it's the thing too where we're going to talk about this kind of in a little bit of his weaknesses situation, but he plays the perfect role next to Lou Will coming off the bench. Hundred percent. He galvanized the team. He was, I mean, anytime we needed energy, there was a big rebound to be had mm-hmm. or a block or something. He would find it. But one of the issues was, I feel like I was surprised at how little people actually wanted Trez to start this year. How little they did? Yeah, because oh, I feel okay. like some people did. and He only started five games, and they went pretty poorly. For sure. Uh, from a starting standpoint. But with how good he was, I was surprised that people kind of understood how well he just works off the bench. Definitely. Um, someone commented on the live stream, what's Trez's ceiling? Oh, man. Um, I, don't I know. think his ceiling is, is he's probably going to stay on that second unit. But I could see him running with the first unit in ultra small lineups mm-hmm. and maybe being like uh, a Draymond Green, but closer to a traditional center, if that makes sense. Yeah. I like can he see has that. a little bit of range to stretch the floor. Uh, if his, pa- I mean, his passing game is already decent for a big man. Those assists were more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> um, so, like, if he could, if he could do some more playmaking in the post, I think that, that would be huge. He's already commented that he wants to be able to knock down threes from like regular spots. Um, yeah, he had a, that checklist. He wanted to do footwork, uh, open threes, that kind of thing. I mean, if he could add a shot, a legitimate three, yeah, he could. I was talking about this with Matt Chong. He might be a max player in a couple years if he can add range. I mean, he'd definitely be up there. Uh, He's close. I mean, not close, but if he added that, he would be pretty close. Just the biggest issue is running into matchups. Uh, I mean, we can get into this into what he needs to do in improvements, but uh, just matchups with traditional centers, uh, especially rebounding, really, really suffers. Yeah, and it will be... So his strengths, um, I mean, energy off the bench. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. Part of the, what, historically most effective pick and roll in the history of the NBA. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Someone on the stream commented that they understood that maybe fans understood that he worked best with Lou coming off the bench. Yeah. And I think that's going to be an issue for teams. What happens when Lou Will's not on the same team as Trez? For sure. I think that might be kind of an issue. Um yeah. he was a monster on the boards. His touch it seemed like got better as the year went on. Yeah. He had so many Definitely. little baby hooks. Yeah, so I was worried about the touch earlier on in the season. He had a couple of games with a pretty low field goal percentage. For sure. Uh, that changed. It, oh, it definitely <laughs> changed. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, range was extended. Yeah. Not anything too crazy. I just think that you need to tamper your expectations. Yeah, uh, people, he's not going to shoot. He's not. He's never going to shoot two three pointers a game. I don't. Think. He's not Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and that's fine. He's a specialized tool, and we use him in the way that like makes his skills better. Yes, and he kind of he had range of like he could be outside the key and take a shot. Uh-huh. And only earlier in the season did I kind of like <gasps> like it was kind of like oh that's a bad shot. But he knocked down a good portion of them. Uh, somebody on the live stream. Sorry, I missed your name. Uh, added a a valid comment, which is that if he did extend extend his range to three. That does help mitigate some of the size issues. Very, uh, that's a very good that's, point. Which is that's a great point. Thank you for that. Um, At yeah. least the three for for people to think about. 
Yeah. To where you see him out there and you're not like, yeah. I mean, I even think his mid-range game is getting a lot better. He's got a jump shot. He doesn't have a terrible-looking shot, in my opinion. No, the form is there. Um, And that's why it kind of surprises me that his free throws overall are so low. Mm -hmm. Um, They did get a lot better. I think he started offsetting his feet. Uh, which is that's one of your pillars of free throw um, <laughs> so that that's that's key for me i'm always watching for that um so should we get into some improvements yeah there's not a lot but we got to talk about them yeah the biggest one is defensively yeah okay so all season i feel like it kind of got masked a lot of his um a lot of his kind of inadequacies on defense. Yeah, because he was uh, a lightning rod on offense. So and it then makes sense. in April, uh, I think teams had figured us out a little bit more, um, and leading, and obviously in the playoffs, uh, picked a, picked apart pretty hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it was brutal on the def- like uh, on the defensive boards. Like they were getting so many second and third chance it was hard opportunities. To watch. Um, and it's just like, you know, there's no way you can win if you're giving Golden State three opportunities on a possession. Um, and the, it doesn't favor you. Yeah, and the hustle is there. So he has the most important part of being a good defensive player, I think which got, is want. I think he's got to box out harder. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like like you said, like the effort is there. Um, there's just things. Like I, I think maybe it'll happen as he grows more, but just getting better positioning, mm-hmm. uh, not getting caught lacking on, on defense. Yep. Um, it's just that rotation issue, which – so many new guys on the team. I'm going to be interested to see how much defensively they're a little more locked in next year because they've just been around people. For sure. Hopefully we retain the guys yeah, we need to sure. retain. Um, another thing, either Trez needs to either work on his handle a lot. Which he has already yeah, said that. It, or it not better. trust it so much. Because there were a couple times where he would get a pretty important rebound or something, and he would try and take it coast to coast, and he would try and cross someone up or do a move and fumble the ball, or he would look just a little dicey dribbling it across half court, and it was like, he's an okay handler down low, but mm-hmm. he shouldn't be running the floor with the ball. Yeah. Like, that's just something that should never happen. Yeah. Unless he gets a lot better at it. Um, and then just working on his shot, which I think free throws for me is probably the biggest one. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the huge... I mean, like... Free points. It's free points. He did get a lot better at it. Yeah. Um, as the season went on, uh, you know, he had multiple games where he was at a hundred percent at the end. So, really solid stuff all around. Um, Not too much fundamentally to work on. No, I think it's just improving those instincts. Yeah. Uh, maybe being a little bit more switchable on defense would be a huge asset. If he could go um, like. Three, four, and five on defense. If he could guard three through five, uh, that'd be awesome. Clutch free throws in that comeback against Golden State. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's sealed the coffin. Uh, yeah. I couldn't believe that. That was like the most. <laughs> that was that's, crazy. That's got to be the pinnacle of the season, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it does. I dude. mean, Trez put the cap on that, on the biggest comeback yeah. in NBA playoffs history. There were a few people who mentioned that on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, I can't, can't even argue with it. No, I shouldn't even not ask this all. question. Um, so let's get into our favorite Trez games. Okay. My favorite Trez game is technically it's not a regular season game. Uh, I, I was so surprised by this. <laughs> I was looking at this in the notes. So my favorite Trez game was October third, twenty eighteen, preseason game against the Timberwolves. In nineteen minutes, we were at this game. In nineteen minutes, Trez put up thirteen six and three, which is fantastic productivity. That three assists, that's <laughs> for wild. 19 minutes. For 19 minutes for a big man, like that's. So that was kind of a glimpse into what he could do during the regular season, which he did a lot. But the reason this is my favorite Trez game is because at one point, I'm pretty sure pretty early in the game, and we won this game by like 20 points. It was yeah. like 125 to 108. Early in the game, Trez dunked 
and then ran by the Timberwolves bench and just gave them all finger guns. And I was like, it. pew, 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 pew. I love it. He was pl- if you look up like, Trez gifts, oh, he is some of the best gifts yes. of, of a player. He was playing this game as if it was, I mean, game two against the Warriors when we came back from 31 points. Yeah. Like he, he planted his flag in terms of intensity. He showed everyone who was watching that game what they were going to get all year. Uh-huh. And he never backed down from it. For so sure. this was like, that was purely, that was such a nice snapshot of what Trez was going to give Clippers fans. What is your, no doubt, probably more important favorite Trez game? My favorite game uh, was Mavericks. Uh, we played them at home February 25th. Trez had his season high in points. Uh, in that game, he finished with 32, 32-5-5. Uh, and five. So he had a great assist game as well. And this was like... <laughs> he shot an absurd percentage, too. What I loved about this game was like, this was just like uh, the the Trez and Lou pick and roll dialed all the way up to 11 <laughs> yeah. or 100 or however high it goes. But they combined in that, like most of that coming through the pick and roll, they combined for 53 points uh, of the 121 that we scored. And, you know, it, it, he didn't rebound as much as I guess I would have liked, but that five assists is Huge. insane. And I think that that just, like, for me, showed a window of, of what his potential can be um, and, ju- and just kind of finding ways that he can be effective despite his size. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he does make the jump to a starting five, that's going to be the reason why. He's going to have, like, the versatility to, A, switch on defense, and, B, uh, run a uh, an elite passing game. Yeah, if we could kind of run a couple plays through him as the nebulous in the middle, that would be great. John Cooperman comments on the stream, that's the game he met us. That is very true. Shout out to John Cooperman. Oh, yeah, another reason. This <laughs> game is great, too, because <laughs> if you look at the other starters, Shamit, Zoo, and Shea combined for 13 points. Yeah. And we still yeah. won this game. They kind of shit the bed. Someone said, remember the game near the end of last season when he tweaked his knee, then ran it off? Yes. That was terrifying for everybody. There were multiple of those <laughs> Dude, this season. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the season, there were a couple where it was like, what the hell? <laughs> and then he was just uh, like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> so what is your grade for Trez? A this plus. season? Yeah, it's got to be an A, a-, plus. a- plus. Uh I He exceeded every expectation that I had for him, uh, which, you know, Bad luck for him is I'm going to be expecting a lot more this season. I know, man. Um, I'm so worried about we'll that. see what's going to happen there. Um, or when he literally fell in the air. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, there was another. Yeah, he fell horizontal onto his back, which is so much weight <laughs> coming down on that. Trez um, at Houston, October thirty. Oh, he had thirty points then. Yeah, yep. I, and watching him play the Rockets is great. He has a grudge. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, I'm giving him an A plus two. I'm so excited to see what he does in this offseason. I'm so happy we have another year. I feel like this year is an even bigger prove it year for him. Because he showed what he can do this year. Now yeah, it's like 100%. prove you can do it twice, man. Yeah. Um, let us know at Locked On Clips at Will Uptake at Charles Marker what you think of Trez's season. Coming up after this, we're going to get into your guys' Twitter Tuesday questions. Thank you for sending them in. But first, I want to give one quick shout-out to Tom's Urban one more time. If you're over there on LA Live, check him out. Also, if you need a hotel room at LA Live, check out Hotels.com. You could uh, stay across the street from Tom's Urban, which is across the street from the Staples Center. Lovely. Go get a cheap michelada. Go watch the clips play. Go back to Tom's Urban after for that happy hour. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it, guys. All right, coming up after this, some more Twitter Tuesdays. All right. So, we are in Twitter Tuesdays. You ask questions. We attempt to answer We them. try our best to answer. Also, if you're listening to the Himalaya app, thank you for listening to us on that. So this one, we got a bunch of Kawhi ones, so I kind of just distilled them down. All right, yeah, we'll start with a little Kawhi stuff. From at Yiling Yang, constant contributor, we appreciate it. Do you think Kawhi comes to the Clippers if Toronto loses to Golden State? Um, Addendum to this, mm-hmm. we currently still have the best Vegas odds to get Kawhi, as if those mean anything. Um, here's my thing, is... 
Kawhi to me is very hard to read. Uh, it's very hard. Like it's very hard for it to read what his camp wants to do. I mean, I could see them winning the finals and him lo- leaving anyway. <laughs> I'm the greatest Raptor. Um, bye. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think as Uncle Dennis had mentioned offhand that maybe they were going to wait until after the finals to make the decision. Yeah. Which. Yeah, that makes sense. For so sure. thanks for that non-report. Also, like, Dennis. you know, dude's already got a chip. Dude's already got a finals MVP. Uh, I don't think... Like, you can go wherever you want. And like, he would have... If if they win, he would have brought a chip to Toronto. So it's like, I don't know what else. He's already taken further than they've ever gone. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you can't even be mad at him as a fan if he leaves. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know... I guess. We had a good run. Like I still... I mean, if they lose to Golden State, I guess the only... I don't think he leaves because they lose to Golden State. No. The only way it could maybe happen is, I guess, if they somehow get horrifically routed 4-0. Yeah. Like some 30-point every game. That's the only way that it could sway his decision. That's the only way it's going to sway his decision. Yeah, that's fair. Or the flip side, they dominate (laughs) 4-0. And he's like, well, I've done all I can do. And then um, from Chenny John, another constant contributor, what are the chances Danny Green signs in a package deal situation with Kawhi? This is absurd. Uh, I think it's I, pretty low. <laughs> I, I think it's very low. Uh, His last like contract idea, was four for $40 million, and I don't think we're giving Danny Green $10 million a year. Mm, I don't know. Probably not. If we're not going to give Jermichael I don't know. He's had some Bev. standout games, though, in the playoffs. I don't know. For sure. But I don't think he signs a package deal. I think he'd maybe want to, but teams would be like, oh, what's this other email from uh, dgreen at gmail.com? <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to sign you to a package deal. Yeah, nah. Somebody asked on a live stream, and it, I wanted to ask this anyways, but somebody said, what did we think about, like, Trez and Sham plus picks for AD? Uh, I'm against it. I'm I'm against Just it. Just like the Bible says, it's but, against it. <laughs> but it leads into uh, a bigger question that I have, which is, what, if any, young guys do you think they'd be willing to part with in a trade? Ooh. Or do you even think that's an option? I think the only young guys who aren't being actively involved in who aren't involved in trade talks at all i would guess are shay and sham okay i think everyone else is on the board on the table but i don't think anyone else wants them as much yeah i think outside i don't know what the interest is like for those guys but um i think shay and sham are unmovable i think when you kind of strike gold like that uh it just seems kind of foolish to trade it and i mean sham you look at his rookie numbers the only two better rookie shooters i'm pretty sure were steph and clay yeah in the history of basketball yeah so sham i think seems to be on that list for me someone on the live stream just commented jimmy butler should be our plan b i'm firmly against that idea yeah i'm firmly against that one too i don't want to give a guy like that that much money i don't think he fits the system very well oh i and I think we're that a youth could, team i think that he could fit um i he doesn't like positively impact the spacing that much uh, but yeah. I mean, he's a dog. I think that that would like tie into the identity of this team. It's just too much money for uh, injury prone players. Yeah, and it's and with our luck, man, with Clippers' <laughs> luck, we cannot be signing people who have like a, a an injury history, a lower body injury history. Like it's it has never worked in our favor. Justin Russo had a great tweet. It was at Fly by Night. If you're not following him, it was right after the tweet came out about like the Vegas odds. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Justin, what do you think the chances are? He said, dot dot dot, nothing. He was like, Clippers <laughs> fandom is ultimate pain. Do not look into the Vegas odds, they will not help you. Absolutely. What are the realistic Gallo trade packages someone is asking on the live stream? I don't know, man. He's at the height of his value. It's an interesting... I think Gallo and the Miami pick are a very interesting thing for a team, but I think we'd have to add a pretty marquee young guy to pry away a good player. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think Gallo plus picks is definitely appealing. I don't know if it's enough to get a better player. It might be enough to get two solid rotation guys. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's not really worth it. Yeah, this is a great question. Do you guys think that Motley and Delgado will get uh, will develop and get more playing time next year? I hope so. So the consensus seems to be like when I'm reading articles and stuff that people think that Delgado is somehow going to jump Motley in the line. Which, which I don't I, think that's true. I don't really see that happening. Motley um, got more playing time. Motley got more playing time. Uh, he has kind of a shot. His size makes more sense than Delgado's for his position. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's an interesting one. Um, coming up after this real quick break, we're going to get to more questions. Shout out to Untuck It Shirts. For those of you who wear button-down shirts and wear it untucked, Sometimes it looks janky. I'm untucked right now. But he's got a cardigan, so it looks fine. Get an untucked shirt. They're a little tailored on the bottom. It's fantastic. Coming up, one more time, Twitter questions. NBA question. Somebody sending this in. What rule change do you want to see? No short corner threes, shorter lane, longer three line. Um, I don't know. No backcourt violations? I feel like the rules are fine. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that would increase. Scoring? It's already pretty crazy. Yeah. Make the paint a trapezoid like they do in international basketball. Just make the court the same as international ball. That yeah. would be my one. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm. Uh, oh, here's a good question. Do y'all regret picking Jerome instead of Michael Porter Jr.? Nah. No. <laughs> also recently, I read a report that Michael Porter Jr. has some terrible thing called like lazy foot or like some what? foot thing that when you have a ba when you have back surgery, it makes it so your feet it's not like drag foot or something. Oh, that makes sense. Where like you're you're not in shape enough and your feet can't do what they're supposed to do. He's had the same surgery as Steve Kerr already. He wears braces that like Jamal Crawford should wear. He's yeah. he's hurt, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he just might not play. Someone's saying no goaltending as a rule change. I, I like that. that. Or um oh, speaking of Jamal Crawford, this is a question from LL8080. I really like this question. How do you feel about bringing back Jay Crossover for his last season? Uh, I like it. On a vet mim, why not, dude? I like it. <laughs> Imagine just one game, we're up by 40 or down by 40, mm -hmm. and you got Lou Will and Jamal Crawford in that back. I don't think he sees I don't think he sees the court a lot. No, 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 uh, no. <laughs> not at all. It, I just feel like the classic Clippers thing could happen too, where like he's an old guy who's like playing out his twilight years and like fucking tweak something in a layup line or something. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm that, done. That's like, and then he's just uh, done with done. basketball. Oh, I'm done. Uh, but yeah, I'd be down. Jamal Crawford, Jamal Crawford. Shout it'd be out. a funny great, like great final dude. year thing, I guess. Yeah. Or it'd be funny if every trade he's been on just kept having him sign a one day and then trading him so he could retire technically oh, with man, every that'd team. Be wild. Not a bad idea. Um, here's a good one from Old Dirty Dasher. This goes out to the live stream too. Would you do business with Rob Polinka? Um, what kind of business? <laughs> oh, no business, dude. I'm not doing any business with Rob Polinka. <laughs> I would buy someone I hated a used car from Rob Polinka is what I would do. Because <laughs> that thing would be a lemon, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have no interest. Um, <laughs> I don't trust that He's man. a liar. He is just a straight-up liar. Uh, somebody asked, are we, should we be retiring the jerseys for the big three? Uh, what do you think about this? I don't know. I've kind of wrestled with this anytime, and I feel like it depends on the day that I wake up. I think in terms of what they did for the franchise to get where we are at now, it's deserved, but Grant, I don't know. I'm honestly 50 50. I think it's. Deserved. I think Blake, yes. And the other two, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I think that for me, it would be Blake and Chris, I think could be. Yeah, those are the, those are like the top. That, those make the most sense. Yeah. But DeAndre was part of that so much. 
Yeah, that's fair. I, I think this is going to be one of those things that uh, it's it's going to be a while off, and it's going to depend on how these guys end up ending their careers. Someone commented, um, um, I think it's too soon. Yeah, I think this would have to be yeah, like yeah, I, I think eight years thing. from now. Yeah. I think Blake Griffin, yeah, because he was the start of it all. I got to agree. Yeah, uh, man. And he was like our, you know, he was like our first big pick in a long time, um, in this like kind of modern. And era, he, so. we had terrible injury luck with him. Yeah. And then he brought it back, so it was kind of his rookie injury was kind of like a little foreshadowing as the whole franchise as a whole. Because mm-hmm. last year, uh, seventeen eighteen, everyone was hurt. We came through. So Blake, yes. Somebody's saying yes. DJ holds a lot of Kalupa records. Yeah, that's he fair. Does. I, th- I think I just have some recency bias with that. Um, so yeah. I-, I think we'll have a better picture of if we should retire these guys' jerseys um, a while from now. Yeah, um, I feel like it also makes sense to retire their jerseys if we do end up moving to a new stadium because uh, you got to have some stuff up in the banners. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good It's like good having point. an apartment with no armor. <laughs> yeah, that is a very good point. Um, oh, I had this. This is just kind of a question for everybody. I've noticed Patrick Beverly on Twitter... Chicago Bulls Twitter is doing a very big push yes. to get Patrick Beverly, yeah. and he is reciprocating it. Yeah. So, based on this and little else, would you see him going the hometown route if the Bulls and someone else maybe offer him too much for the Clippers to match? Or do you think he's looking for a contender? I mean, I think it depends. But I, to me, Patrick Beverly is a competitor. Like that's kind of what and, I was. And thinking. I think that he likes mentoring the young guys and stuff, but not as much as he likes winning. Yeah, dude. If he got a chip, I mean, it would go so far for his. Not that I don't think I don't think he cares about this at all. But if he got a chip, especially say it's with the Clippers, whenever it happens, that would go so far for someone who is kind of known as a grinder, legacy wise. Oh yeah. To add a chip to that. Oh yeah. Then your first all defense and NBA champion. Oh yeah. It solidifies you as one of the greatest defenders of all time. I kind of hope he does go to Chicago. If he doesn't pick the Clippers, I hope it is a hometown thing. Yeah, I mean, they don't have the best team. Uh, They need his defense. (laughs) They need his defense. Does he, in this situation, start over Chris Dunn? Do you run a starting backcourt of of Bev and Levine? Just because, I mean, Patrick Beverly can cover up for all his defensive woes. (laughs) Um, I don't know, man. I think that's a good point. He probably wants to start somewhere. I th- see, He's a starting caliber point guard. That's the one thing that I do think uh, might trump being on a contender is like they could offer him a starting spot. Like he's yeah. good enough that he could start for the Bulls, um, and we can't offer that. Yeah. Someone just commented he's just loving the free agency, which is true. More power to him. Oh yeah. I hope he does. It's nice to be wanted. Yeah. Especially for a guy like that. Um, Lou Willville Memorial Day weekend went down. Uh, one of the many parties Lou Will hosted this summer. Our invite was lost in the mail, which is a little disappointing. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. Someone please um, calls the U.S. Postal Service for that. Uh, someone saying Pat to the Clippers confirmed. I hope so. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Oh, somebody asked an interesting question. Uh, this was from Oh, Kinetic? is this the worst case scenario? Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Kinetic. This is a good question. So uh, they asked, what's the Clippers' worst case scenario in upcoming uh, free agency? I think worst case scenario, we strike out on a big guy. Mm-hmm. We lose Patrick Beverly. And we just run everyone else back. That right, seems I'm like sorry, one more time. And then I, we just run that. everyone else back. So we run everyone else back. We don't get a big name, and, and we, we lose Patrick. And Beverly. We lose Patrick Beverly. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I, Someone I says that's we good. max Middleton. I guess that might be worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. that's too much money. <laughs> um, that's too much money for a lateral move from Tobias Harris, in yeah. my opinion. Um, but that seems like worst case scenario. Our wor- front office isn't too crazy. So worst I'm case not scenario, like- we're unable to sign somebody and we don't run this team back. Like that to me would be worst yeah, case scenario. I agree. Um, 
and and hopefully that's not a thing. Somebody comment on the live stream free agency party at Tom's Urban. Maybe might be into it. I'm Who into knows? It. Um, I think that about wraps it up for us today, you guys. Yeah, I think so. All right. So on Friday, unless something crazy happens in between yes. now and then, in which we will do a uh, episode, we will be recapping Lou Williams. Best season of his career. Breakout season. There were some draft. Yeah, breakout season really well. <laughs> there were some draft prospects that got worked out. Uh, we're going to watch hundreds of hours of a film between now and Friday to yep. break down those guys who we had work out for us. We're going to be doing some Love, Mary Kill and then kind of just talking about whatever else happens between now and then. I uh, want to give a shout out to Grip 6 Belts. If your lame dad needs a new belt, check out Grip 6. They're oh, yeah. durable. Mine's been in a furnace for the last week. Still around my waist as we speak. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, check us out on the Himalaya app. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I'm William the Opinion Update. Thanks for listening.